Okay, we are recording. It has been a bit. We finally found some time to get together, but Kay and I have been doing a lot of research on the case that she wants to kind of present today, and we're going to just kind of jump right into it, Yep. Uh, go through the rundown. This is going to be a little bit different because... We both watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries and did our own research without really communicating too much about what our thought process was. And we're going to kind of compare answers here mm-hmm. and see. We've got a lot of notes. Okay, let's do it. A lot. <laughs> that means a lot of editing for me. <laughs> That's what that means. We will jump right into this. Uh, We are covering the Tiffany Valiente case, the suspicious death case uh, that was featured on the newest season of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, Volume 3, Episode 1, Mystery at Mile Marker 45. Yes. Um, This suspicious suspicious death happened in 2015, so it's, you know, seven years now. Um, well, we're going to start by pulling up the Valente, uh, New Jersey transit complaint DeMato law firm lawsuit, which is available online. It's like 130 pages. It's a, it's a big document and it has a lot of, uh, facts that we're going to try and go through and cite and get answers to for a lot of people who maybe did watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode and I'm sure most people from everything that I can see online, like there's a lot of questions. So we will try to cite this lawsuit and answer some questions as we go. Okay, um, we're going to start with page one of the Valente NJT complaint D'Amato law firm lawsuit. We're going to start with page one. Uh, we're going to quickly go over like an introduction. Uh, Tiffany Ida May Valente, born in Atlantic County, New Jersey. March 3rd, 1997. The parents of Tiffany are plaintiffs Stephen F. Valente and Diane F. Valente, who reside in Atlantic County, New Jersey. On July 12, 2015, Tiffany, who had been a resident of Atlantic County her entire life, was tragically killed. She graduated from Oak Crest High School. Um, she had recently just graduated... Uh, only a few weeks. It says here, graduated in June of 2015, and um, the death was July 12th, 2015. So, you know, a matter of weeks after she graduated uh, high school. Uh, prior, Tiffany, prior to her death, had received five athletic scholarships to institutions of higher learning to play college volleyball. She, yeah, she was a big girl. She was like 6'2". And 185 pounds. I mean, she was strong. She's big. Yeah, super athletic. And there's a reason why we're pointing this out. Absolutely. There, and she uh, was like, it was very noticeable. She was, you know, there's not a lot of six two, you know, men, but for a six two woman, I mean, that's that's saying something. Mm-hmm. She's a, and she's strong. Very. She's big. Well, and she, you know, got that scholarship to play on the volleyball team and the position or whatever league she was in is not something that was common for freshmen to jump right into. So she excelled. Yeah. She had a goal to obtain a degree in criminal justice. Um, She had a dream to become a police officer. Uh, She shared the dream of playing volleyball in the Olympics. Prior to her death, Tiffany had told her parents and sisters that if college did not turn out to be the best place for her, then she wanted to join the United States Air Force. And apparently, she she said the Air Force because it has a volleyball team. Yeah, I had heard that, too. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, that's the reason she chose Air Force. Mm -hmm. On July 12, 2015, Tiffany mysteriously died. So, in a synopsis, what happened was... She was at her cousin's graduation party. Now, they went to two different high schools. Right. Tiffany went to Oak Crest, which mm-hmm. was a public school. Her cousin went to, from my understanding, Holy Spirit. So that's, I would assume that's a private school. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had, they may have had two different um, sets of friends. 
But it was a big party. Yeah. Well, it was and a they, big party that night. And they lived within, like, walking distance It was the cousin. Literally, I looked it up on Google Maps. They lived across the street. Mm-hmm. Like, their driveways, like... They shared a driveway. The, like, uh, yeah, they lived across the street from each other, but their driveways were literally, like, across from each other. Right. Um, so, yeah, they lived right there. You can, you can look it up. Uh, on this... Um, on this lawsuit, it lists addresses. You can look on Google Maps their their address, and see you know get an idea of okay, where this party was, where their house was, where she walked. Um, that's what I did. The approximate time. So what happened is she left. She was at her parent at this party. She left the party at her cousin's. She went across the street to her to her back to her house. Because her friend had called and said that she was really upset about a debit card or some kind of credit card that she had lost. And she called the mom. She called Tiffany's mom. Said, meet me at your house. I want to talk to Tiffany. She showed up. She was really upset about this. Um, There was some kind of disagreements of if she used it, if she didn't use it. Okay, and I'm then the gonna, friend left. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. Okay. Because some information that I found out about that was, yes, the friend called the mom and said, hey, I need to talk to you. It's important. She was upset. Um, and it was enough where the mom was taking it seriously enough to actually, like you said, leave a party to go meet this friend at her house, take Tiffany and the dad with her away from the party to go and meet this friend. And according to what I saw... The mom didn't know that the the friend that was accusing Tiffany of taking the credit card um, didn't know her mom was going to be there as well. So her friend had her mom with her. So it was the two of them that talked with Tiffany and her mom about this. And Tiffany denied it. She said, I didn't steal it. I didn't do this. Um, I, I had, she full on denied it. So the friend and the mom left. Is that what you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. But- Tiffany denies stealing it, right? Yes. The friend leaves. The mom questions Tiffany more about it. The dad goes inside, and Tiffany finally admits, yes, I did steal it. I did. Oh. I think there's a part somewhere after the friend left that they went in Tiffany's car. Mm-hmm. And... There, um, from my understanding, they found um, the the debit card was in the car, maybe, and she put it in her back pocket, and the mom saw her putting it in her back pocket. Because she was trying to hide it. And she, yeah, possibly, and she, that's when the mom got upset and saw her put the debit card in her back pocket, and that's when it, she got all upset and said, I'm going to go get your dad, um, and then went back inside, and then... Tiffany on the deer camera was seen leaving the driveway and the mom came back out literally from the, the, the with the time stamp on the deer camera. It's like one minute. Mm-hmm. So it was like 928 and then of her a picture of Tiffany leaving the driveway and then at 929 or whatever it is, we can go through the lawsuit. Um, there's a picture of Tiffany's dad, Stephen, and Tiffany's mom, Diane, and Tiffany's dog, Tucker, in the, in the driveway, looking out to see where it looks like, where they're looking where Tiffany is, but Mm -hmm. she's gone. So why do you think Tiffany took off? What's your, just, I mean, right there, just, just not even without anything else going on, like in the future, but why do you think she left right then? Okay, so there was a discrepancy that I noticed when her mom was describing her walk. If you look at the picture, to me, it looks like she's kind of in a hurry. Like there's a big there's a stride. There's a big stride. Her arms are kind of you know, when you're walking fast, your arms kind of go out in the back. I mean, if you're, like, kind of just mojoing along, your arms aren't kind of flailing. No, she wanted to get out of there. She, she looked like she was intentionally leaving to either meet up with somebody or she... 
the thing is, I wonder if there was other texts on her phone that got deleted. From the friend? From somebody that got deleted that was there was there an uh, was she planning on meeting some or when all this things started happening did she text somebody and say Ugh, like can you come over like like my parents are pissed yeah or, or yeah was there any other texts on there that could have been deleted well so what i if if like i'm playing this out as i'm you know a 18 year old in high school i just Got caught pretty much in a lie, first of all, mm-hmm. saying that I didn't take the card. I absolutely t- took the card. I tried to hide it from my mom. My mom caught me sticking the card in my pocket. And then there's the whole thing about the money. So Tiffany's family, or Tiffany is saying, you know, it's only $86 worth of merchandise. Mm-hmm. That's like the amount of receipts that they found. Um, but the friend is saying it's closer to $300 worth of merchandise, food and clothing that was purchased on that card. From my understanding, Tiffany was oftentimes the designated driver. And her this best friend of hers was intoxicated, is the word that is written in here. Okay. I just have to find it. And... They were out, and she bought Tiffany bought her friend some food and probably herself. Um, I would assume if her friend was like, "Ah, oh, thanks for driving. You know, here's my debit card. Mm-hmm. You know, buy some food." And and I don't know, were they out shopping? And did her friend say, "Hey, you know, thanks for driving. You're buy yourself this too." And can I want to buy this? You can buy yourself that too. Did they both buy clothes at that time? But how how many times have you gone shopping with a friend, wasted, going clothes shopping, and bought three hundred dollars worth of clothes? Not clothes shopping, but <laughs> definitely like swung by like Del Taco and but like. But there again, are you buying three hundred dollars worth of Del Taco? And they found the receipt. They found eighty six dollars. Eighty six dollars. But do you, you know, as again, as an eighteen year old, are you keeping all of those receipts, or do you toss them in, you know, the trash can as you so walk out? I wonder if there was money taking, taken off the debit card, can like cash, cash back. Uh huh. I wonder if that was the case. Maybe. But I also what if I she needed cash for some for whatever. So. The kind of the reason why I think the parents were maybe stressing that it was eighty six dollars versus the three hundred dollars that the other family were saying mm-hmm. is because in New Jersey, it is considered a fourth degree crime oh, if the value of the property involved is between two hundred and five hundred dollars. So if she's getting a fourth degree charge against her, that's going to blow her scholarship. Like, that is jail time. So, I mean, that's a big, big fear, I think, right at the beginning. So she's like, shit, you know, my my parents caught me in a lie. They caught me stealing. Tiffany had been in trouble stealing before from her parents. Okay. From, I gosh, this, I wish I had noted this um, lawsuit. From the lawsuit, yes, she did take money out of her parents' account. But according to this lawsuit, it they told her she could. So I don't know if... Wait, how does that make sense? That's not stealing then. It's not. So why was that even in the, brought up in the lawsuit? Like, why would that even be a mention? Well, was it? Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's why I want to cite this lawsuit because... It's 130 pages or something. i got to find it somewhere. But I feel like in this lawsuit it said that... It, it, she, they didn't use the word consensual, but it was something like that. Like she had taken money out of um, their account, but it was it was they told they told her she could. They she even had her own credit card, so the that's why the mom was like, why why are you even taking somebody else? You have your own credit card. Mm-hmm. Okay, I finally found the page that they talk about this on page forty of the. Valente NJT complaint 
complaint D'Amato Law Firm lawsuit. Page 40, it's titled Circumstances of the Confrontation with Mother and Friend. So I will just read it. So approximately two hours prior to Tiffany's death on July 12, 2015, one of Tiffany's best friends, I won't say the name, came to Tiffany's home. This said name, this, this best friend, brought her mother with her. This friend and her mother questioned Tiffany in front of the Tiffany's mother, Diane, as to Tiffany's alleged unauthorized use of the debit card the previous day. Tiffany became very excited over this issue. According to Diane, Tiffany replied, Why are you acting this way? Diane told this best friend and her mother that she would talk to Tiffany, and if there was a misunderstanding regarding the use of the debit card, Diane would make sure that this best friend was repaid approximately $86. Tiffany subsequently admitted that she had used the card, but added that her friends always use each other's credit or debit cards when necessary. Tiffany added that she had spent a recent, recent evening with this best friend when this best friend was intoxicated and that Tiffany had spent money buying this best friend meals and other items. The encounter with this best friend, in my judgment, does not arise to a motivating factor for Tiffany to have taken her own life. Rather than this being a motivating factor, it is much more likely that this athletic teenager, after two hours, would have walked off any emotion she was feeling when she walked away from her house. It was hot. So this is the medical, uh, this is one of the people stating what happened and their belief that this was not a suicide. Um, it was hot that night. Tiffany walked away from her house. It's much more reasonable to believe an 18-year-old walking for two hours, nearly four miles, would have been thirsty, turned around, and gone home. She was leaving for college in four weeks and wouldn't have had to confront this best friend again if she didn't want to. In the same respect, she would have been leaving home and le living on campus in four weeks if she were unhappy with home life. This is page, I'm citing page 40 of the lawsuit. So this is, they hired several experts to go in and give their expert opinion on, on uh, what are we dealing with here, a suicide or a homicide? So this person does not believe that this would be a motivating factor for suicide. Okay. So another thing that I think could have been stressing um, her out and giving her a lot of reason to kind of like try to run away for a bit and just, you know, just clear her head, clear her head. And just maybe she felt like there was no way out, you know, with, with all the stuff that was piling up, just, you know, you're 18 years old. That's, you don't really deal with things very well. Mm -hmm. You feel like the littlest thing is an end of the world scenario. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like I said before, she's not necessarily getting support from her family about coming out as gay. She just got, caught in some lies and some some more theft um she also was having issues with her mom her you know we talked before about her being really tall and big and strong and she was an athlete and athletes especially volleyball players are diving onto surfaces to get a ball and mm -hmm. she's not afraid of getting hit or diving because she got this amazing scholarship. Mm -hmm. So she's, you know, probably getting pretty banged up, pretty bruised or injured. Mm -hmm. Well, one of her teachers noticed a bruise so significant on Tiffany that she called CPS. And CPS came out to investigate, and it was her mom. Her mom did admit that they had been arguing a lot and she had hit Tiffany and CPS had not been called just once. They had been called out three separate times. And to me that there is like, she's an athlete. 
she's getting injured frequently, but she's got something so significant on her for a teacher to take notice and make a phone call. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate with this one. Okay. So, there are some people who are just super emotional, and they're very physical. Like, I mean, look at look at the Sopranos. They're just, they slap each other around, you know. There's just certain families that I think they're just, they're just physical. Like, mm-hmm. they, they love each other, you know, but they're just, they get really emotional. They get really, like, I mean, if you watch the Unsolved, Unsolved Mysteries, these, this is like, she, they're just absolutely torn apart. They're very emotional about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm not and maybe saying, that's, yeah, her mom didn't when, love her uh, and is not, and I'm not trying to place blame on the mom at any means. No. I, I do think that that's a, one more stressor I mean, that she it, had in her life. Be. It could be. It could be. But, you know, she obviously had a great, she obviously had a great relationship with a, a her mom's birthday was a couple, I don't know, two weeks or something after this incident happened. And she had organized getting her mom a kitten to help because she was going to be leaving the house. And she was worried about her mom being, you know, like she thought the kitten would be something that to kind of make her happy, you know, give her comfort, something mm-hmm. like she was going to be leaving for college. So I don't just that alone. Like you have you you have a good enough relationship with your mom Yes, maybe you fight. Like, I don't know. Like, but also, would that just be one more thing to stress you out? I do not believe this is a homicide. All right, a suicide. I will put that out there. See, now I'm leaning towards suicide. Obviously, I. I wish I thought you were right. <laughs> So I'm still back at, this is an 18-year-old that got busted and is freaking out about getting busted and possibly losing a scholarship. Um, Tiffany was also dealing with some other stressors, I think, in her life. She had recently come out as gay to her friends and family. Um, According to the Unsolved Mysteries episode, the they said the family was, you know, totally accepting of mm-hmm. this. Um, I did a little more digging, and I think there were mixed emotions about that. Um, I heard from multiple, you know, research that um, the mom said, oh, it's just a phase you're going through. Mm-hmm. So didn't necessarily accept it. But didn't necessarily, you know, ridicule ridicule her because of it. Mm-hmm. I think it was like, oh, you're being silly. This is just mm-hmm. a phase. Mm-hmm. Where maybe it wasn't just a phase. So when you're not being taken seriously by your, you know, your family, I think that can be kind of stressful and kind of hurtful. Uh, she had recently broken up with a, her girlfriend mm-hmm. and had just started seeing someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to say anything about any of that? Do you want to? So my, my understanding is that is this area from where they're from, they're from May, it's called Mays Landing and it's, it's kind of in between Philadelphia and Atlantic City. And from my understanding, it's a very conservative area. Mm-hmm. So. I think if you are older, that maybe this is something that you, older people, you know, I just think younger people are so much more, it's just not a big deal. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it could be, it could be, but I, I do know that this is a very conservative area. So maybe there, maybe there were parental figures that weren't happy about it. Mm-hmm. Possibly, mm-hmm. possibly. So I just think that's another stressor that she was, you know, possibly But again, she was with. leaving. She was leaving in four weeks to go to college. Well, was in she? In New York. Did, did, it was she worried that her scholarship was going to get pulled? Possibly. If, if this, you know, uh, $300 thing went through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what's the next thing? 
Okay, so she left the, the house, and she was struck by the train um, on page two, going back to the lawsuit on page two. Um, what we do know is the New Jersey, uh, on July 12th, 2015, Tiffany's body came in contact with a New Jersey transit train in Galloway Township, Atlantic County, New Jersey. The New, Jer New Jersey transit train number 4693, which came in contact with Tiffany's body. This is important. This is a very important key I'm going to make right here. Okay. This train that was coming through was an unscheduled rescue train des designated to pick up passengers from another train for that had broken, broken down. down. Mm -hmm. This was an unscheduled time going through. Time going through. Mm-hmm. If you're going to support the suicide case that, mm -hmm. okay, maybe she knew that there was a train coming through. So she would go through and, and she knew, I mean, the train tracks weren't that far from her house. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, it's a small town and there's a train that goes through there. Regularly. Regularly. It's because the town's in between Philadelphia and Atlantic City. So mm -hmm. they have a lot of, you know, I would imagine a lot of commuter trains between those two cities. Um, it was an unscheduled T train that wasn't that wasn't a normally scheduled time that that train goes. So if you if she knew, oh, I, the train comes at so and so time, I'll just go over there and you know end it there. But it was unscheduled. She wouldn't have known the train was coming there at that time. But maybe she didn't know, but exactly that train that time. But she probably figured there was going to be one coming, you know, sooner or later. You know, I wondered that. I wonder. When, what, what was the next scheduled train? Uh -huh. Or, you know, was it the next morning? I mean, we're talking about 11 o'clock. It, it says right here, the approximate time that the southbound New Jersey transit train number 4693 came in contact with Tiffany Valente at um, 11.07 p.m. So she, on the deer camera, I, I believe it was time stamped at 9.28 so we're talking 9.28 to 11.07, she was struck by this train. So that's not a lot of time. That's not even two hours. It's like barely an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. The location of this event was on a single track territory at mile post 45 south of the Egg Harbor City Station. Egg Harbor City Station is like, um, I Google mapped it and it looked like where like people going back and forth to Philadelphia and like city would, would get off. Like if people lived in Mays Landing, that's where they would, you know, get off. Um, at that time of this event, Tiffany was 18 years old. The train was traveling southbound on a single track at approximately 80 miles per hour. Um, and I think from my understanding, it had three... Um, cape three cars, three cable, car, uh, three passenger cars, passenger cars. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna cite that because I'm gonna revisit the, why I think that's important. Operating the engine of the train was a New Jersey Transit employee who was a student engineer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to this. This student engineer, from my understanding, was young. I didn't know that, I, and I could be wrong. I could, I'd have to look it up, but. Um, keep that in mind because when we're going to revisit the number of cars that the train had, mm -hmm. it said three and it, it says a student engineer, but how would you know how old the engineer was um, unless you were there? I, where, I'm going to keep where do going you see age when we go, when we go over exhibit N, <laughs> which is a hundred page 115. Okay. But I just meant, just make a mental note of that. Um, on July thirteenth, two thousand fifteen, so less than twenty four hours after Tiffany's death, Press of Atlantic City. So Press of Atlantic City is a as a newspaper. Mm -hmm. um, they must be kind of like the big newspaper in that area. Uh, Press of Atlantic City staff writer. Um, I'm not going to say this person's name either. This person wrote an article about. Tiffany and an upcoming vigil in her honor. See exhibit A, which is attached in this um, 
in this document. So this staff writer, less than 24 hours later, yeah, less than 24 hours, um, and we, we can go over what it says too, writes this article saying that there's a, a vigil in honor of Tiffany. Okay. And we'll, we can read that too together. That's odd, don't you think? What, the mother vigil? That somebody contacted the newspaper less than 24 hours and said that there's going to be a vigil and it's suicide, or I don't know if it's, we'll read it, but. I think that's kind of common because newspapers always say there's, there'll be a visual, visual, visual at this location at this time. I think that's common. Okay, we'll, we'll read it. In said article, this, the author of this article states that the following as said by New Jersey Transit spokeswoman. So now they're uh, they're going back to what the New Jersey Trent after this after she was hit this New Jersey Transit spokesperson says um, Tiffany Valente, 18 of Ma- May's Landing, was standing on the train tracks near Tilton Road in Galloway Township, but did not move when the train's engineers sounded the horn and applied emergency brakes. Okay. Okay. So there's been a lot of discrepancy of what the student engineer has said. And you can watch the Unsolved Mysteries episode. They kind of go into this, like what he said originally, what he said later on, then what he said under oath. And yeah, um, his story changed his a story few times. changed a lot for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, in this document, the expert that they hired, Louise Hausman, said that her um, she 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 called it self-serving, which I think what she means by that, his comments of what happened were self-serving, and I think that means like he was scared shitless that he was going to be held liable mm-hmm. if for killing this person, right? And so. He may have changed his story to to be like this wasn't my fault. I didn't like I, absolutely. And she ran. She dove into the drain. She she, she jumped out of the woods. You absolutely, know? and which I I fully believe this poor guy. I mean, you're you're driving a train, like okay. I'm not going to tell you how old he is. No, but he wasn't alone. There was the other engineer who did admit to saying his back was turned. Mm-hmm. He wasn't there, but like even if. The, the student engineer, because the train was going 80 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. That is fast. That's way fast. And we're talking about a pretty desolate area in the woods. You and can't see anything. Yeah, it's what, 11 o'clock at night? 11.07. And also, that night, there was no moon. Like, it was almost, mm-hmm. um, it was a, like the a, last of the crescent-like mm-hmm. moon. And they talk about that, too. So there was no light. You couldn't see anything. And there's, it's both sides of the train tracks are completely lined with heavily, heavily wooded trees. Right. So it's not like they were near anything that could see this. And it's at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday. You're Mm -hmm. probably like, this is the last thing you're probably thinking about. As a student engineer, he was only on the job for not even, for not that long from my understanding. Maybe, uh, I think it said a year, a year and a half, something like that. And his boss, there was some discrepancy or inconsistencies on his statement as well. He said he originally was there, but then later on under oath, he his story his story changed and said he was talking to the another guy, figuring out how they were going to go rescue the other train. So there was a lot of inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. My question is, from my understanding... And I actually contacted the New Jersey... Remember I told you the other day? I contacted the New Jersey Attorney General's Office. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the new attorney. Uh, Matt Placken is his name. And, you know, I got to say, I immediately really liked this guy. And I I think New Jersey apparently has had a lot of, like, a lot of issues. Like, I guess the Sopranos. <laughs> the Sopranos are from New Jersey, I guess. Okay. They, so they've had a lot of crime in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's kind of known for that, for sure. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that when this all started. And this new governor, or this new attorney general, Matt Placken, sharp, sharp guy, young, full of energy. He's a young parent. 
he 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 got uh, nominated for the position by the uh, governor Murphy, the New Jersey governor, only like eleven months ago. Mm-hmm. And one of the first, this is one of the things I really liked about him. One of the first laws, well, just and just I watched his um, acceptance speech, and I'm like, this guy's sharp. This guy's not an idiot. He's a Stanford um, law school grad, really sharp, young, and like, you know, you, like there's those people that. When they're a little bit older, they got one foot in retirement and they got one foot in their job. They're they're pulling a paycheck. They're just like, oh, I just want to retire. This guy is the complete opposite. This guy is on fire. Okay. Like he is passing laws. He's he you can follow him on Twitter. You can fo- he, he he reaches out to the public. He has all kinds of press conferences. You can follow him on LinkedIn. You can follow him on um, he has he has all the social media posts. He in, he has an Instagram. Like mm-hmm. he's young. He he's really reaching out to the public, and I think he's very uh, receptive. And he's only been there for eleven months. So I think this case. I'm very hopeful that that he will be the guy to be like. Okay, I can't. I I can't fix my predecessor or, or, or what was before me but I I am the new guy in charge here and I think I, I think he might be very receptive to looking in this he's a young guy mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's he has he's a young father as well um so I emailed his office and I cited an article that I found dated July 10th 2015. The Philadelphia Voice newspaper, something like that. Okay. Um, we can post the article on Instagram yeah. too. Um, it says in this article that the New Jersey transit trains already are equipped with exterior cameras. Mm-hmm. This is two days before she was struck by a train. Mm-hmm. Two days that this was this is a public article. That is stating New Jersey transit trains already have exterior cameras. Because I guess on July 10th, there was some controversy about um, putting in interior cameras into, right. into the cab. Right. Where, where you can see the, um, the people. And I guess mm-hmm. people were upset about that. And this article was citing, well, there's already exterior cameras. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was that kind of debate. Well, and the trains also have um, black boxes as well. So that, yes, and that they talk about that on um, Unsolved Mysteries. So my question was, if New Jersey Transit train trains had exterior cab or exterior cameras already equipped on it, why are we spending so much time going back and forth on what the, the student engineer said or what he didn't say or the conductor said? What, why are we going back and forth? Why don't we just look at the camera? Just look at the damn camera. Mm-hmm. Look at the footage. Mm-hmm. Was she lying there? Mm-hmm. Was she already dead? Was she jumping? Did in she move? Mm-hmm. Did she jump out of the woods? Mm-hmm. Did she stand up? Mm-hmm. What was she doing? Just look at the footage. And what did he say? I haven't received a response. Oh. <laughs> But I just sent it, like, five days ago. Oh, I was really expecting an answer. <laughs> Maybe we can do a follow-up. We'll do a follow-up and be like, okay, you guys, I'm going to read you what um, Matt, oh. Matt emailed me back. I mean, because you think that would be kind of a given. Like, you think Why that... hasn't anyone talked about this? It's not even talked about in the lawsuit. But Hello? Do you, but do you think that article was correct then? Do you think that maybe the person that wrote that article was not informed correctly. Because if it's only found in that one article, it's not in the lawsuit. The parents aren't fighting for that footage. The um, lawyers aren't saying, hey, where's that You know, information? If um, you know, all these people are questioning this, wouldn't that be the first go-to? So I'm- You would think. That's why I'm questioning the the- Validity. Thank you. Validity <laughs> of that article. So I don't think that guy was correct about his information. So we're going to cite this again. We're going to go over Exhibit N and we're going to talk more about this because apparently the um, Hobaneki, was, there was a train crash mm-hmm. and they reviewed the 
um, exterior cameras to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. So I'll find the date. I don't think it was, you know, on in 2015, but it was uh, shortly afterwards that they had exterior cameras and they, they reviewed them. But maybe because this train was the rescue train, maybe it wasn't a typical train. Oh, possibly. Maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't. And so back to the whole rescue train and the whole, like, how often do trains come through? And would Brittany, a uh, Brittany, Tiffany. would Tiffany even know the, um, the times? So I just looked up the arrivals to Egg Harbor City Station in New Jersey. Yeah. And they've got an arrival at 9.14 p.m. And then another at 10.12 p.m. And then another at 11.12 p.m. And then another at 12.09 a.m. And then another at 2 a.m. So it sounds like almost every hour, every two hours, there is a train coming through. So, you know, I've seen a lot of people, uh, a lot of people talk about this, uh, this case online. And there's been mentioned that... If we're talking about suicide or I don't yeah. If we are gonna talk about homicide, the person that may have been involved, if she was placed there, mm-hmm. was probably somebody local who knew the times that the trains were coming through. Or knew one was coming soon. I don't necessarily exactly. think it's the same. Like, yeah. you know the schedule, but you know that there's, you know that there's they trains come coming frequently. Through. Somebody is probably local. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what a lot of it is. And I, I would probably think that's probable if you are but trying the, to cover the crime. But the same goes for suicide. If that's how you plan or not plan, maybe you just make a, a judgment at that moment and step in front of a train because it's a opportunity you know a train's coming through frequently. Yeah. So I think the times of the train, I mean, there it was a possibility. But, you know, coming every hour, that's, that's pretty frequent. Yeah, it's a lot. Okay, on July 17, 2015, an Atlantic County Sheriff's Department bloodhound named Luke located what he believed to be the son of Tiffany Valente. So this, this bloodhound, and mind you, it was... This bloodhound was brought in four days after, uh, yeah, four days later, and I guess it had rained pretty heavy, but he located the the scent from her house to the kind of general area of down certain uh, roads, and you you can go in, if you just go online, you can see there's all kinds of pictures of what streets that they went down, but basically went down her street, then went down to the main street, Tilton Road, and in the general area of the tracks. So I don't know. I mean, if you're in a car, like, can it, I wonder if a bloodhound can tell if somebody got in a car and drove that way. They won't, they can't tell it's necessarily a car, but they can tell where a scent stops. So they'll follow, 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 and then all of a sudden just come to a dead end because they don't know, they, they lose the scent. They're not going to be able to follow a scent in a vehicle. So the, from my understanding, the dogs, so there's a kind of this main road that kind of heads towards the train tracks and it's called Tilton Road. And her, um, the, the kind of the mystery of why this seems very odd was she was found without any shoes. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe, I, I kind of go back and forth. The Unsolved Mysteries said she had bra and underwear on. Mm-hmm. But if you read the lawsuit, and if you read the medical examiner's evidence, there's no mention of underwear. So I'm not sure if she was wearing, she wasn't wearing her clothes. That's for sure. Right. Her she wasn't shoes. wearing her shirt. She wasn't wearing, and her shoots, her shorts were never found. And her um, headband was, was. Yep. Her headband and her shoes were found a few weeks later by her mom, um, like two miles away on Tilton Road, just off the side of the road. But her shoes and her headband, and according to this lawsuit that Unsolved Mysteries didn't mention, 
there was a knife found where her shoes and headband headband were found off the side of the road. It was and a broken blade. It was a knife with a broken blade. Well, and there was also a axe found, and there was also you know the day after the accident happened, um, the Tiffany's family went out there and they found parts of Tiffany's hair and parts of her jaw, and they obviously did not rope it off like a good crime scene investigation should have and did a good cleanup for for any family member to go out there and find pieces of their loved one's body parts just strewn around and left that's mm-hmm. that's terrible mm-hmm. so you could say that yes they obviously did not do a good job investigating the surrounding area I'll also argue the side that I've walked train tracks a lot, a lot. And there is always shit you find on train tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I mean, a known kind of thing, hitchhikers or whatever, kind of follow the train, the train tracks. I don't remember what it's called, but like those people that like used to just like run and hop on a train and oh yeah yeah go from one mm-hmm. area to the other and you know maybe they drop something along the way or mm-hmm. maybe they dispose of something along the way so that a knife and a blade and an axe are found necessarily in that area to me doesn't mean that that was used on Tiffany no the knife was found 2 miles away neck near the area of where her short or her shoes and headband were According to this lawsuit... So on page 78 of this lawsuit, the property or evidence report by the New Jersey Transit Police. So the, the mom found uh, some items, like I said, on Tilton Road. It was her shoes, it was her um, headband, and they were really close together. This was recovered on, on 8-8-2015. AC rail line... Um, middle marker 45 west of tracks off of six feet found by Diane Valente. So there was one folding knife with a white handle and broken blade. I, I think it's in an area called Camden. It lists it lists the place where all this evidence is located. It's a, the New Jersey Transit Locker, evidence locker in Camden, I think it is. I'll have to go back and look at it. So I thought that was interesting. Also, I, I could be wrong, but in, when you watch Unsolved Mysteries, there's also pictures that they show of um, some, it looks like a round, like two round white things and like a long rectangular thing like in the ground. And I, I kept pausing that and I'm like, what is that? And it, then I saw somewhere else on, I don't know if it's social media, that same picture that they had on Unsolved Mysteries but there were pot plants in these containers. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there was pot plants found where she was, um, where her shoes and headband and knife was found. I don't know. There, I, the, the FBI just needs to get involved in this. Somebody needs to get involved in this. Somebody that has, that is, has a lot of expertise in, in, in uh, profiling and can kind of put all the pieces together. But, again, what if, like, that was just someone's little private growing area? And it could be. Exactly. I think that it is more probable that this is a case of homicide. And I obviously think that this was some stressed out, troubled girl that made a rash decision and unfortunately took her own life so we'll keep putting our opinions out there and trying to dig in for the truth convince the other of of what we think and you guys can uh let us know your opinions and tell us who you think is right um before we end so there's a petition going around that I'm not sure, I don't know how long it's been out, but they're trying to get 10,000 signatures. And last I looked, it was like 9,200 something signatures. And they're trying to get 10,000 signatures to help reopen this case and take it to the New Jersey 
um, Attorney General's office, Matt Plotkin's office, um, to have this case reopened. And we'll post that on Instagram. You guys can click on the link and sign it if you choose to. Um, even though I do believe this was a suicide, doesn't mean I'm right necessarily. I think it, you know, there is enough research there that it could be probable that, you know, something terrible, someone did something terrible to Tiffany. Yeah, so it's on change.org. And if you go to change.org, if you just type in Tiffany Valente, you can find it that way. It's all over social media. I see the, I see it everywhere. Um, but we will post the petition. I would be greatly appreciative if As you was could, their family. yeah, if you could sign and or share the petition, it would be appreciated. I've been getting everybody to sign it. I mean, I have gotten, I got everybody I work with. I, there's a lot of people that I work with that are really into true crime. I noticed. <laughs> and they were totally, once I was like, yeah, this 18 year old was found, um, on the tracks, half naked right after she graduated high school. They're like, what? In her, oh yeah, we never mentioned that they did a toxicology report and that she came back as um, clean. There was no drugs or alcohol. No drugs, no or, drugs alcohol. or alcohol. She's completely clean. I think there should be weight to that. But when an 18 year old girl who had a bright future shows up on a track in the middle of the night, half naked, I just, that gets everybody attention. They're like, what? Give me the, okay, give me the petition. It, Let me just, just text it to me. I'll, I'll, I, and they don't even, they haven't even watched the um, Unsolved, Unsolved Mysteries. Mysteries. And they're I, like, half naked? What? I think Unsolved Mysteries definitely sways it to one side. They definitely are, are leaving certain things out and kind of, you know, making it seem, you know, obviously entertainment. Um, there's a lot of information out there that they left out, whether intentional or because they were trying to fill a, you know, 40 minutes time slot. Mm -hmm. I encourage everybody to look up the lawsuit themselves. Just look it up yourself. You guys read it. There's, I, uh, if we do a follow-up episode, I want to thoroughly go over Exhibit N, which is super creepy. Okay, so you guys have homework. You need to go watch the Unsolved Mysteries, mm -hmm. and you need to go read the case files, and mm -hmm. make your decision, and then we're going to do a part two of this episode, and we're going to compare answers. So, go be a keyboard detective. And That's right. Until next week, don't forget to be a fountain. Not a drain. Oh my gosh, you remembered. Well, because I haven't been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.